Amen. You may be seated. My name is Kyle. We needed to sing about the resurrected Savior today, right? We had to get over Saturday football, did we not? Woo! Jesus is alive, and one day we win. We, like, win, like, forever, and uh, so good to be on his side. Uh, in case you're wondering about the final score of the Alabama-Arkansas State game, Alabama 57, Arkansas State 1.5 million. If you don't get that, it'll sink in here in a little bit. Uh, it's so good to be with you and to celebrate Jesus, the name above every other name. And today, we lift his name up above every other, and we worship him, and we worship him alone. We want to uh, continue this thought that we began about three weeks ago of why we do what we do. And we've just been giving you, from the Word of God, some truths and some practical application of how we live that out in our community and in our church uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit and the power of God in us and through us. And so if you've missed any of the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, while we do what we part, uh, do part one or part two, we encourage you to listen because some very important things were shared as to the life of our church, how we function, where we're headed, and today we want to continue to talk about that. And we've got uh, a picture that's coming on the screen. This graphic just really depicts why we do what we do. You also got these pictures um, in your program today as an insert. These are pictures and names in your program there of uh, the new members that have recently joined our church. And listen, people's lives being changed and following Jesus, that's why we do what we do. So as you see these beautiful faces of these wonderful people who we have heard their stories of life change by faith in Jesus Christ, and they're ready to follow Jesus together with us here at this church, would you just celebrate and welcome these wonderful people that you see right there? We're so glad to have them as a part of our church. I also want to make known to you that uh, two weeks from today is going to be a big day at our church. Um, it's going to be our Compassion Sunday in which we are planting a church in Peru. We're partnering with two other organizations to do this. One is Stadia. They're helping us uh, plant the church. And we're also partnering with Compassion. A lot of you may be familiar with Compassion, an incredible organization that helps kids around the world. Our family's been partnered with them for years, supporting kids and sponsoring kids. And our church is going to have an opportunity to plant a church in Peru. We're also going to have the opportunity to sponsor the very kids that are going to live in that community that we are planting a church in, in which they can, through our generosity and through our love and our prayers and our giving, experience the gospel, experience good food, experience love and education. And so two weeks from today, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a beautiful day, and God's going to work in and through this church in a marvelous, marvelous way. So we wanted to let you know about that and make sure you know that that's coming. Speaking of kids, we gave you a number last week. That number is lower, but it's still there. We still need 22 new people. And when I say new, new to kids ministry that will be willing to volunteer to serve on Sunday mornings in HC Kids Ministry. Our kids ministry is growing quickly. Uh, it's growing because a lot of new people are coming, and it's growing because a lot of you are making babies. It's a beautiful thing. God is blessing our church in all kinds of ways. So let me tell you really quick, we're not talking about giving up every Sunday morning. You'll still be able to come, be able to worship. But we need 22 people that aren't currently serving on Sunday morning in kids' ministry to say, yeah, I'll step up and serve. 
You'll have to serve approximately once a month, and uh, you are going to get to go help kids learn about Jesus. You don't have to teach. You don't have to stand up in front of people, but we need a lot of people to help. And as a result, parents are going to get to hear about Jesus, and God's going to really work in and through that. So if you'd consider giving of your time and your energy towards uh, kids, that will be great. Now, if you're just like sitting there thinking, I hate kids, you're probably not one of the 22. <laughs> but if you can tolerate kids... You might be one of the 22, all right? Uh, and especially if you love kids, all right? That's where it lands. If you love kids, uh, we want you to consider doing that. Great leadership team. Mallory's doing a great job in leading that and so many others. And you can partner with them. It won't be all on your shoulders. You're going to get to carry part of the load. Um, this past Wednesday night, we kicked off uh, our Awana ministry and our HCSM back in full swing for the fall. It was a huge, huge night. Listen to this very carefully. And where's Nick? I want to make sure I got this number right. Did, did I get that? Did I get that number right? Okay, yeah, so kids and students combined. This is not counting adults, is that correct? Or is it counting adults, counting adults. There are 450 people on this campus Wednesday night, and it's just beautiful. Kids, I think there was 160, 160 kids in uh, Awana, and there were nearly 300 uh, total in uh, HCSM, and so it was just beautiful. And so if your kids aren't a part of that, um, we want you to come. Mallory might get on to me for that because they're really packed out. Um, but um, in HCSM, they'll find a seat for you. I mean, they're pulling out seats from everywhere, and it's just a good, good thing. So here's what we're realizing in this moment, okay? God... God is blessing our church. And please don't see me or hear my voice when I say that. Just take me out of the equation. Hear what I said. God is blessing our church. Can you just join me with an out loud two words of gratitude towards him and just say thank you? Thank you. Yeah. He's good. He's amen. He's faithful. He's using people like me and you to see his kingdom come. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so today, as we think about God blessing our church and more and more, hopefully, of our friends and our neighbors and our family members coming to know him, we want to look now in the book of Acts chapter 2 for a few moments as to how God wants to use us in and through his church to help reach more people and how we can do that in and through Holland Chapel. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. Um, we recently just wrapped up our time in Acts, and yeah, I'm hopping back in. It's been several months since we were in Acts chapter 2, but there's just a portion of Acts that I want you to really see this morning. And I want one word just to jump out at you as we look at this incredible um, passage. The church had just begun. Uh, Jesus had just gone back to um, heaven and to be with the Father. Jesus had wrapped up his time here on earth. He lived a perfect life. He set down his life through the crucifixion and was crucified, was um, killed on a cross for our sins and for our transgressions. He didn't stay dead. He came back to life, spent time with people like you and I, and has gone back to heaven, and the church was left to carry out his mission. And here's what we see happening as a result of God and his power in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, when it says all, um, we're not just talking about one 
church. We are, but it's more than that. This, this is the original group that placed faith in Jesus and decided to follow him. This was kind of like, when we say all, like all across the world figured out who Jesus, they're there, they'd experienced him. So they were all together. Now, it's not going to stay that way for long. It's going to spread and it's going to go, and it's eventually going to reach us here and now. But in that time, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that is so important, to the Word of God, and to fellowship. Everybody say that word with me, fellowship. Say it one more time, fellowship. It goes on to say, and to sharing in meals, that sounds good, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So you see this word, fellowship. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about the word fellowship. Maybe the word food comes to mind for you. It's very appropriate when it comes to fellowship. Maybe you think about hairy-footed hobbits when you think about the word fellowship. But let me give you what we're talking about when we talk about Christian fellowship. I want to give you a word picture, and then I want to uh, work this out with you for just a moment to get a really good grasp, a better grasp on what it means when we talk about fellowship within the church, fellowship within the Christian community of the followers of Jesus. Uh, We're going to use the word to define the word. I know you're really not supposed to do that, but think about this. Fellowship. I want you to think about two fellows in a ship. Fellowship. Two fellows or more in a ship. Same ship. More importantly, rowing the same direction. Fellowship. We're together. We want to be together. And together we get further faster. And together we work together. And we move forward together. Fellowship. So when you have two fellows in a ship and you have Christian fellowship, we see some things that we have in common. They're going to come on the screen for you, and that are these. A common direction. Okay, as followers of Jesus, we ultimately are headed the same way. What way are we headed? We're headed towards Jesus, okay? That is where we're headed. We want to follow him, and we want to follow him alone. And ultimately, as a result of our faith and our sins being forgiven, our direction is the same because one of these days we're going to spend eternity in the same place. So we better learn to get along with each other. Amen? You're like, well, we'll all be perfect then. That's right. Hallelujah. He's going to make it possible. But until then, he is perfecting us. He is changing us. But we're, we're headed in a common direction. We have a common purpose. We have a common purpose. We know why we live and we know why we breathe. It's not for ourselves anymore. We've died to that now, and we live to make the name of Jesus known. We want God to use everything in our life, our strengths and our weaknesses, to make Jesus known. We have a common purpose, mission, okay? We have a common forgiveness. Let's get honest for just a moment. All right, I know that's really tough in church, right? Let's get honest for a moment. Who in this building would raise your hand? Think about this. Don't just quickly raise your hand. Who in this building would raise your hand and say, you know what? I have really blown it before, and I would have to say as a result of decisions that I've made in my life, I have sinned in my life. How many would you raise your hand? Whew, I was afraid I might be alone in that. Some of you were too, right? Some of you were like, I'm going to wait on everybody else. We'll see how this goes. But those of us who are believers who are in this room, we have a common forgiveness. Jesus has forgiven us, cleansed us, wiped the slate clean of all the ugly, sinful, 
ungodly things that we have done. Now, I'll just go ahead and say that right there, that's really good preaching. And so you can, like, respond to that. You can say something to that because we're talking about the forgiveness of our sin. And if that does not thrill your heart, cause you to worship, cause you to tell God you're good, say amen, say something, because I, I, that's, that's the best I got right there. Okay. We have a common need. We're not here today because we got it all figured out. We're not here today because we have reached the plateau and everybody ought to be like us. We have a common need, okay? It goes back to that forgiveness. We need a Savior. We need someone that can rescue us. We need someone that can lead us and guide us and direct us. We are honest when we say we don't have it figured out. Marriage... We, we have a common need, right? Like we need God's help in our marriage. Parenting, we, we, we have needs, don't we? Amen. All the kids in the room are like, I have parents, so I have needs, right? Because you're trying to figure out how to like obey them and get along with them. And some are reaching teenage years, and it's really, really getting harder and harder and harder. We, we, need, we need the same thing. We need help. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as believers, and he helps us. And he produces things in us that just don't make sense to the other people around us because he's good and he's faithful and he's powerful. We have a common belief, right? Now, this could go further than this, but I think all of us who are believers in this room, we would agree on what we believe upon when I say that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can respond to any of these, by the way. We believe that he came here to this earth and he lived a perfect life. We, you can keep responding. We believe that he died for our sins and the sins of anybody and everybody that ever has lived, is living, or ever will live. And we believe that after suffering and dying on the cross, he came back from the dead. Do we believe that? Okay. Now, we could go further about some things that we believe that I believe we have in common. And, and that, but that right there, that's what holds us together. The death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as a result of all that, we have a common hope. We are not walking around with our heads down thinking, man, I just don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I, I mean, we've got questions, right? Some of you are dealing with health issues right now, and you've got questions. Some of you are dealing with relationship issues right now, and you've got questions. Some of you are dealing with uh, problems at work, and right now you've got questions. But all of us are moving forward because we have a common hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a common hope that one of these days he's coming back, and he's going to make everything Right. Does that not bring you joy and peace and comfort to know one of these days, every knucklehead that ever was is going to get straightened out? Right? He's just going to straighten it all out. And we're going to realize we were one of those knuckleheads. And we only made it in because of his grace. We have a common hope. We have a common hope. So this is what we're talking about when we use this word uh, fellowship. One more I would add, and it's not on the screen, but... It comes to a common relationship. You, you and I have a relationship. We are connected by way of blood, the blood of Jesus, to the Heavenly Father. So we're brothers and we're sisters in Christ. So we're a bunch of fellows in a ship rowing the same direction with a common direction, common purpose, common forgiveness, common need, common belief, common hope because of a common relationship. So God makes it plain in Scripture over and over again. If you read the New Testament, even the Old Testament, but if you read the New Testament, you just realize that we need each other. 
Um, the term that gets used a lot in the New Testament is one another, one another, one another. And what Jesus is doing through the Word of God is showing each of us that we need one another. And so he calls us to experience one another in and through the life of the local church. Now, when we talk about church, a lot of people just simply, uh, and it's, it's correct and it's good, but it, it's not a full understanding of it. A lot of people think about church. I think about Sunday morning at a time when we get together in a building, and, and that is church. And let me tell you right now, this is church, okay? This is church. But this is not all there is to church, Hey, church is more than a gathering on Sunday morning. Church is living our lives with Jesus as our master, allowing others to help us daily live for him. If that sounds kind of awkward, if that sounds a little bit uncomfortable, if that sounds like people might be kind of up in your business just a little bit, that's what church is. It's us allowing one another through holy submission to allow each other to speak into our lives to help us to follow Jesus better. If you're trying to follow Jesus by yourself, you're not going about it the way that the Word of God wants you and desires for you to go about it and to experience it. So it's about getting together, and it's about worshiping, and we're so glad that you're here. We want you to be here every week, but it's more than that. It's more than that. And so this is our aim, and this is our mission. It's to help people find Jesus and help people follow Jesus. Now, as we continue to talk through this, I think what I'm saying now is going to make more sense. So let's just continue to read in verse number 43 in the book of Acts. Okay? Verse 43 in the book of Acts. It says, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, of which you can look back and read about in Scripture, and it's just amazing. And I don't know that God's done anything like he did then now, but I would tell you that God is still doing amazing things today in and through the lives of his people. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been praying really, really hard for some folks in our church that are facing Really, really tough stuff. Some of it's relational stuff. Some of it's health stuff. And um, I know some of you are still waiting for God to answer your prayer. You keep leaning on him. You keep depending on him. But I'm here to tell you, God's been answering our prayers. We've gotten phone calls that said, hey, we, we, we thought it was going to be this when it came to the health, but God has answered our prayer, and it's not that. God has completely done something amazing. My dad, um, he is... Um, got something on his pancreas, which is a terrible spot to have anything. I'm not a doctor, but a doctor worded it really well toward, uh, for me. He said, God put the pancreas back there because he didn't want us to mess with it. So that's kind of the way it goes. And so when he's had this growth, so we went back for another, um, I get all the tests mixed up, MRI lately. And uh, they came back and said, hey, it's shrunk. We're not going to talk to you anymore anytime soon. You're good. You're great. Uh, keep on going. And here's what my dad said. My dad's almost 80 years old. And here's what my dad told me on the phone. I said, hey, Dad, I heard you got a good report. He said, yeah. He said, thing got smaller. I said, yeah, that's awesome. He said, yeah. He said, had to be the Lord. I hadn't been taking any medicine. <laughs> By the way, that was my dad's very excited voice. <laughs> Answer to prayer. And some of you have given us similar phone calls, and we praise God for that. And if you're still waiting on your answer and you're still waiting for God to, to do something, we're, we're still praying for you. Verse 44, all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. Wow. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. 
met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Um, by the way, I'll just pause there and just give you a little side note. Um, a few months ago, we gave our HC groups, which we're going to talk about today, the opportunity to do that. And some of you wonder why we did that, because we find it in Scripture. It says they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared meals with great joy and generosity. I don't know about you. I, I like food. It makes me happy. It makes me feel good. Um, there's something about sharing food with somebody, too, that's just really um, a, a good, good thing. Uh, Terry and I went on our first date several several years ago, and what did we do? We went out and we ate. We shared a meal together. There's just something about sharing a meal together. And it goes on to verse 47. All the while praising God, so it's about him and his name, and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their, there it is again, fellowship those who were being saved. I want you now to turn to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse number one. We're going to read um, the first four verses of this chapter. First John is written by a guy named John. He was one of the original 12 of Jesus. Um, John spends, whenever he talks about himself and his writings, uh, he doesn't do what most of us do as believers. Because I would put myself in the camp of when I talk about myself as a believer I do my best, maybe not overtly, but at least subvertly. I try to present myself well. I try to show everybody how much I love Jesus, which you ought to love Jesus. And people ought to know that you love Jesus. And you ought to be able to share with people that you love Jesus. But John takes a completely different approach. And every time John talks about Jesus and his relationship with him, John doesn't talk about how much he loves Jesus. John talks about how much Jesus loves him. To the point that he really says, I think he loves me more than anybody else. Anybody got more than one kid, right? Do you love them all? Do you want them all to think and to believe to the depths of their being that you love them more than anybody else? Absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. And God, through Jesus and his power, can love each of us like that and help us feel like we're the most special person on the planet. That's what John felt. He said, man, Jesus, I'm, 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 I'm the loved one. I'm the one. And here's what John's wanting us to get. We're just as loved as he is. Jesus loves you just as much as he loved John. Jesus died for you just the same way he died for John. Jesus came back from the dead for you just the same way he came back from the dead for John. And he wants us to experience that, and he expresses his heart in that in 1 John chapter 1. He says we, and when he says we, he's talking about the church. He's talking about followers of Jesus. Here's our message. Here's what we want the world to know. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. Now, I'll go ahead and, like, let you know. The one we're talking about here, let's just make it very specific, very clear, is Jesus. Okay, all of this talk is about Jesus. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we have heard and seen. John's like, you know what? We walked with him and we talked with him. He literally got to spend physical time with Jesus, which is pretty incredible. He says, who we have seen and heard. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This is John's passionate description about the one who loves him. This is how Jesus is trying to get us to see 
um, John, how John is trying to get us to see Jesus, the one who is God made visible, the one who God made touchable, the one who brings the word to life, the one who brings the life of God. Verse 2, this one, Jesus, who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. So he's talking about what Jesus brings to us. He gives here this incredible idea and truth that Jesus is the one who is eternal life. He's the one that gives us life and life more abundantly. He is the one that gives us eternal life. Eternal life that through faith in him begins now. Do you realize that if you're a believer, you have already entered into eternal life? Wait a minute, we're still on earth. Yeah, you're right. It's going to continue in heaven, but your eternal life began when you confessed your sin and when you believed in Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Your eternal life began. Isn't that incredible to think that God is going to keep us and he's going to keep us forever and he's giving us this thing of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Verse 3. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have, here's this word, you may have what? Fellowship with us. He said, I'm telling you this because I want you to be in the same boat we are. I want you to have the hope and the forgiveness and the grace and the relationship. I want you to, I want you to experience, I want you to have what we have. I want to be in the same boat as you. I want you to be in the same boat that we are, he is saying here. He goes on in that verse and says, and our, what's, what's the word again? And our, about 45 of you are really participating this morning, and I was hoping for more. So I'll try it again. And our what? I'm getting closer. Is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So he says, listen, I want you to experience what we have. I want to have fellowship with you. I want you to be in the same boat, rowing in the same direction as I am. And I want you to have fellowship with me. And I also want you to have fellowship with God. He says, I want that for you. I want you to experience that and know that. The notes that you can fill in on your uh, notes page there in your program is going to come on the screen. And that is this. We have fellowship with each other because of Jesus. And we have better fellowship with Jesus because of each other. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I've given this phrase to you before and this truth and this idea to you before, but it's so good I'm giving it to you again. We have fellowship with each other because of Jesus. And we have better fellowship with Jesus because of each other. So here's the deal. If there's a lack of fellowship in your life, we're understanding that the one that really brings forth fellowship is Jesus. And so if you have no fellowship with God and there's no connection with God for you and you feel like he is far away and you're way over here and he's way over there and there's this mountain in between you, you can't get there, the only way to God is through Jesus. Through Jesus. He is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And we have fellowship with each other, connection, and all these things in common because of Jesus. And as we hang out with one another through grace and through truth, 
it results in us having even greater and deeper fellowship with Jesus. Verse 4, we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. He's like, I am happy and I know it. And I want you to be happy and know it. I want you to experience this joy that we have. I don't want to keep it to myself because I believe that I'm going to experience more of it when I give it away and you experience it. And then you can do the same for others. I want you to have this joy. Think about that word for just a moment. Joy. Joy. We're not talking about fleeting happiness. We're talking about joy that we can't express Joy that is full of glory that we can't quite wrap our minds around, but our hearts get to experience it. He said, that's why I'm writing to you. I'm telling you about Jesus because I want you to experience his joy. I'm telling you to fellowship with each other because it also leads you back to Jesus, which is your joy. I'm telling you about Jesus because it's only in and through Jesus that you experience this joy. So we have fellowship with each other. Because of Jesus, and we have better fellowship with Jesus because of each other. And I'm going to join John this morning in just saying I want this for you. I want you to experience the fellowship with Jesus that's available, and I want you to experience the fellowship with others that is available. We want this for you. One vehicle that we use here at our church that we've See, in Acts chapter 2 is this idea of small groups. We call them HC groups. And it's just a beautiful thing that God does in and through those groups for people to experience Jesus, experience each other, and as a result, experience more of Jesus. If you're in an HC group and you agree with that, can you give me like just a, not to be loud, just a little uh-huh. Okay. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Somebody had to clap even right there. That was good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. So let me tell you about HC groups at our church and how they function. And it's just really important that you grasp this. I'm saying this with all sincerity in my heart. As your pastor, we want you to be a part of one of these groups. Are they magic? No, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. God uses them in just an amazing, powerful way. So HC groups are groups that meet Approximately once a month, we take, we take breaks throughout the year. Most of them happen on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. A few others happen different times, but most of them happen on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. They happen in people's homes. They are willing to open up their home Sunday afternoon at our house when small group time is happening. Sunday afternoon at our house, normally doesn't mean nap time. It means cleanup time. Any other host in the house, you're like, whoa, Sunday afternoon's work, right? But it's worth it. It's worth it. And so some people make their home open and available to people like us. And they say, come on in and join in life with us for a while. It's normally about 12 adults that get together. Kids are welcome. Every group functions differently with kids, but uh, kids are totally welcome. And every group's got a way figured out. And and it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So they happen um, once a week. Uh, Also, I'll tell you this to your parents. Parents that have kids, especially younger kids, they need to see you make Christian fellowship a priority in your life. And if there is one thing that HC groups do consistently, they allow your kids to see that you make it a priority. Well, I come to church, great, they they see that, and that's wonderful. Take it another step. Prioritize it even more. Prioritize it even more. So let me tell you some things that uh, groups are not, 
And let me tell you some things that groups are, okay? I think they're going to come on the screen here for you. Here's some things that groups are not. They are not a place where you have to talk. Maybe you're like, ooh, what does this mean when we get together? You, you don't have to talk. In fact, you know, a uh, few of you are really quiet, unlike people like me. There's people like me that are like, man, I wish you'd talk a little bit less. So we need people like you to bring balance. We need people. You don't have to talk. Like, what's this going to be like? But here, they are a place where you can talk if you want. So it's an interactive evening, okay? It's an interactive evening. Maybe you're comfortable talking while the food's happening. Maybe you're not comfortable talking while the Bible's open. That's okay. You can talk if you want to. You don't have to talk. We just want you to be a part and experience it. Well, what do we talk about when we talk? We talk about life. We talk about real stuff. And most importantly, we talk about the Word of God. If you're in an HC group consistently and your group focuses with intensity on the Word of God, would you give me another uh uh-huh? Good. Glad to hear that. Glad I didn't hear any uh uh-uhs, all right? Uh Uh-huh. Because it is in the Word of God that we really find the answers to the real-life problems that we have. It's where we find hope, and it's where we find direction. And we get into the Word of God. Normally those discussions look like an ongoing conversation from what we've talked about on Sunday morning. Okay? So you get to talk about it further. So a couple more things that they are not and that they are. They are not a place where you have to bear the secrets of your soul. So just go ahead and take a deep breath. I don't just have to roll in and say, here I am, right? In fact, if you do that, you may freak the rest of us out just a little bit. All right? We're going to ease into this thing. You don't have to bear every little thing in your life. But they are a place where you will build solid friendships. And over time, God's going to give you the courage and the grace and the knock on your heart's door to say, yeah, you need to share this, and yeah, you need to share that. But ultimately, it's about building solid friendships that we desperately need in our lives. They're going to build us up. Do you have enough relationship in your life that tear you down? The answer is yes. Do you have enough relationships in your life that discourage you? The answer is yes. Do you need some relationships in your life that build you up? The answer is yes. Do you need some relationships in your life that encourage you? The answer is always, always Yes. Some other things. They are not a place where you have to have all the right answers. They are a place where you can ask any question. And let me tell you what your group's going to do. Your group is ultimately going to say, well, let's see what God has to say about that. Because you're going to ask some big questions that all of us struggle with and all of us wrestle with, and we're going to go back to the Word of God and try to find it together and find truth. And I believe that's what questions lead us to. Questions lead us to answers, and answers, as we're digging in, ultimately is going to land us in truth because Jesus is the truth. I mean, three words that I think just really sum up um, and describe HC groups well, food, friends, and faith. That's a pretty good, fun description, isn't it, right? Had me at food, right? There are, some, there are some groups, man, they just, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm like, can we, like, defect and go to their group because they have really good food, right? Really good food. Ours does, too, but, like, some of them show it off on Facebook and other social media sites. I'm like, wow, it's really good food. Friends, love all the conversations that happen, the interactions that happen, the life that happens in between group times and in between church gathering times. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then faith. Faith is just a part of who we are. 
Maybe you are considering faith right now. Maybe you're not a believer. You'd say, man, you talked about Christians and faith. and I'm not there yet, but you're considering faith. You're considering this guy named Jesus that we talk about all the time in our church. Well, here's the deal. We want you to come on Sunday. We want you to hear a sermon because we do our dead level best to preach the truth and only the truth when we present God's word. And we think that's wonderful, and we think that's good. We want you to keep, keep coming. And in this context that we're talking about on Sunday morning, it's a good context. But here's the deal about this context on Sunday morning. If you're not a believer and you haven't come to faith in Jesus yet, you might come in here and check out people for a little bit over an hour and kind of watch us, and you might, you might think people here are perfect. So this next part is going to come as a surprise to some of you. And for some of you, this is going to be the biggest amen you make all day. Okay? A little insider information. I'm not perfect. I do it. And neither are the rest of the people in this room. So here's what we're doing when we say we want you to be part of an HC group. We want to invite you into our lives. Let me tell you what you're not going to see. You're not going to see perfection. <laughs> you're going to see real people with real problems going through real life, but who have experienced redemption, have been changed, and are being changed through the grace and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me tell you what happens when we invite people into our HC groups. We're kind of putting our lives on display. We're saying, hey, come check us out. You're going to see us warts and all, but ultimately what you're going to be able to see is Jesus and Jesus alone in our life who has changed us and who is changing us, and we believe that can change you too. Because all of us a moment ago that have said we're not perfect, we would say that if Jesus can move into our life and forgive us of our sin and change us, he can change you too. We just think there's hope for everybody through the wonderful work of Jesus. Because he's the perfect one. He's the one who died for all of our sins. He's the one that came back from the dead so we can have victory and so that we can have forgiveness. He is the one we worship. He is the one who changed us. He is the one who is changing us. He's the one that's coming back to set everything right. He is the one that can set our hearts and lives right now so that we can be prepared to celebrate and to enjoy forever with him. He is the one that you will find this church pointing you to over and over and over again. So if your question is, what's this church all about? We're about Jesus. We're going to talk about him. We're going to learn about him. We're going to become like him. We're going to point you to him, and we're going to point you to him, and we're going to point you to him, and we're going to point you to him. So like open book, this is who we are as a church. We're about Jesus. He's the one we're going to listen to. He's the one that's always right. So when it comes to HC groups, uh, if you want to jot this down, it's going to come on the screen. Here's just kind of a, a, a word description of HC groups, and that is this. A group of real people who are doing their best with the help of each other to keep their eyes on Jesus. A group of real people doing their best with the help of each other 
to keep their eyes on Jesus. Group start in a couple of weeks. Uh, today is the uh, first day that we're offering the opportunity to sign up. It's on the back side of your communication card, and you can do that even today. Uh, the reason why we've talked through all of this and the reason why we've taken up preaching time to talk about what we do is because we believe what we do does what preaching is supposed to do, and that's to point you to Jesus. And we believe that AC groups do that. And so we want you to be a part. Again, if you're not even a person of faith yet, and you're like, I'm thinking about it, I'm considering it, I don't know, let me check this thing out more. You want to get a closer look at Jesus, come to an HC group. Because you're going to see Jesus working in people's lives. If you're like, hey, I really want to get connected to this church. I want to experience this fellowship that's being spoken of here. We want you to sign up. We want you to get involved. We want you to get connected. Because in and through this, we believe that God can do just that. Um, In just a moment. Um, we're going to pray and um, close this time out. Um, our band's going to come on now. They're going to get set. And they're going to get ready. They're going to play a song in just a few moments. And we're going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. Uh, maybe your response this morning um, needs to be that you want this fellowship with God that we've spoken of. You want to experience this forgiveness of sin that was spoken of. This morning, you can respond to him. And you can experience this fellowship that we've talked about by experiencing Jesus through faith. There are going to be pastors up here available. If you need someone to talk to, need someone to pray with you, need someone to open the word of God with you, we'll be glad, glad to do that. It's also going to be an opportunity for all of us to worship and to praise God for his goodness and for his grace. It's also going to be an opportunity for you to give. And I think the ways that you can give are going to be coming on the screen there. We give you several different options on how to give. I just want to thank you, church, for your incredible generosity as you just continue to uh, faithfully and generously give forth of what God's blessed you with so that this church can continue to go forward with the gospel. And so I just want to show a couple pictures on the screen for you um, that are going to help you see what God's doing in and through our church. Um, These pictures are coming from Celebrate Recovery, a ministry that we launched in the spring. And God's just blessing it. Um, You see on your left, go back to that first picture if you don't mind. Um, You see on your left there, that's Johnny Couples. He leads this ministry. So many others help and come alongside him. But God's just really, really blessing. A lot of you know this guy on the right. That's Dwayne. He's an awesome guy. He likes to smile and laugh, and I love it. And the reason why he's smiling so big in this picture is because he actually graduated the program recently, and God's working in and through his life through Celebrate Recovery. And I think that he would nod and say that Jesus is using Celebrate Recovery to make a difference in his life. Would you agree with that, Dwayne? Would you all applaud him for graduating the program? Next picture, I think you already got a glimpse of it. Uh, You see Johnny again, but you also see Paul. Paul sitting right down here. God's worked in Paul's life just amazingly. There's so many details about his story I know he'd love to share. It really kind of all started with a homeless ministry that happens in and through people in this church quite a while ago that God used to love on him and his family. And as a result, uh, God just working in and through that, taking one step after another towards Jesus. Uh, Man, God got a hold of his life, and Paul recently graduated the program, and God has just changed his life, and we praise God for that. Would you give Paul a hand for a graduating program? God's moving and God's working in and through our church. Thank you for your generosity. Um, So just continue to serve gladly, continue to worship gladly, continue to fellowship gladly, continue to... um, 
just experience God and his presence in and through our church and all the ways that God's offering that available to you. Um, and so we just want to encourage you with that. If it's your first time here, if you filled out that communication card, awesome. Um, some guys are going to come by with buckets in just a moment. Uh, a lot of people that are regular to our church are going to give. We invite you. Your first time, we invite you to drop in that communication card, and we'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to pray, and after this prayer, we're going to stand, and we're going to have an opportunity to respond to God.